What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person and select dates. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile and expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password, Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Palmer, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin! Erno! How are you doing today, man? I'm good. We're kind of to the exact midway point of the season. Most every team has played either 40 or 41 games. Does it feel like the season is halfway over? Does it feel like... We've played more than that or less than that? I don't know, man. Time is, what is it, a flat circle? <laughs> Time is a flat circle. It, 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 it feels like it's been, you know, it's still 2019. It feels like it's, you know, been a lifetime ago. So I don't know about, I don't know about since October. It all feels weird. As we now look towards the second <laughs> half of the season, unfortunately, injury news is the biggest and kind of how it will impact the second half of the season. Also, maybe more importantly, how it's going to impact the trade deadline. And if it does inform the decisions that some of these teams will be making, um, the first is a possible MVP, certainly an MVP candidate in Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, uh, it's got a hurt MCO. Now they're saying it's going to be, a month, maybe more, before he is able to play basketball again. And 
that Brooklyn Nets team losing Kevin Durant for a month, they had been the best team in the entire NBA for now quite a while and had moved themselves all the way up towards the very top of the Eastern Conference standings. And now they're going to be without Durant for over a month. And this is really going to test the depth. Uh, It's going to be a lot of pressure on Kyrie Irving, a lot of pressure on Jacques Vaughn in order to just kind of hold down the fort because we've seen this go a couple of different ways. We've seen Steph Curry go out and they've been able to hold down the fort and do even better than we expected in Golden State. We've seen Devin Booker go out and the whole thing go to hell in a handbasket in Phoenix. And so what do you think? Are the are the Nets going to be able to stay afloat in the time that Durant is at? When I say stay afloat, like stay, even if you're a couple games under 500, that's okay. Are they going to be able to win enough games uh, over the course of the next month or possibly more to kind of keep their standing where they might not have to play in a play-in or you think they're in deep trouble? The Nets can stay afloat. I believe they will. I mean, everything we've talked about really the past, what, you know, two-ish months, you know, a month and a half or so when the Nets have been on this, you know, amazing run. Pretty much ever since Jock Vaughn took over, Kyrie Irving returned. Um, we've talked about how, you know, Nick Claxton is one of their defensive enforcers. The return of TJ Warren, the scoring spark he provides off the bench. You know, Royce O'Neal, 3 and D, right? Like Utah Watanabe, you know, one of the best shooters in all of basketball. We've talked so much about different guys on the team, in addition to Kevin Durant putting up MVP-style numbers. So, I mean, they've been a dominant force at their best, nearly a plus 11 net rating during this real stretch with Kevin Durant on the floor. They've only been a minus two with KD off the floor. Um, granted, now it's, you know, you got to worry about what happens when a TJ Warren's off the floor. There's more responsibility for a guy like him. But I think I think they have enough talent and enough pieces, enough weapons to go to, you know, maybe instead of Kevin Durant getting 20 shots, it's, you know, an uptick for, you know, Curry or Harris or Mills getting some of those DHOs and shots off of those handoff possessions. So granted, they'll be worse, obviously, without Kevin Durant, both on offense and on defense. It, they have a lot of other guys who can absorb opportunity, namely TJ Warren being the guy who's going to have to step up a lot here and take on a bigger scoring load. Yeah, and it's a lot for him to do that after he had not played basketball in, you know, a few seasons. Been we good, had not though, seen huh? TJ Warren. He has been good recently. The two things I would worry about is all the, beyond the 30 points and the shooting at this crazy efficiency and all the things, Durant has been, beyond spectacular this year. All the counting numbers, like that energy, effort, all that stuff that is coming from him on the court, the the gang rebounding and the defending hard and like that stuff, he has played in many cases on the defensive end and on the glass as an energy-type player, and we've talked about this so many times. As Him and the, Claxton together, the shot yeah, blocking and length, the versatility, yeah. the switching, they're amazing. And as the, with any of the energy players, it's like when that guy is working that hard, when that guy is playing that hard, 
then it is going to have a profound effect on everybody else because they're going, who am I to not play like that if this guy is playing like that? And I think you're seeing that around the league with a lot of the best players do. You'll see Jokic diving on the floor for loose balls and you like they they have this profound effect on the rest of their team. So losing that would be something that's not something that will necessarily show up, even though the box score can be dismal without him. Um, that and how they react, like who's that guy now? Who's that leader that they play off of? Because the second thing that would worry me is we're back to Kyrie Irving's your best player. And I do think that you are much better suited for Kyrie Irving to be your second best player. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I just don't know. Like, it's hard when a guy's not in there in the mix. I know KD will be around, and I know KD will be able to be on the bench and whatever, but game in, game out, that kind of, I'm that guy, I speak up, me and the coach are in lockstep, not having that, I'll be fascinated to see which way this goes with them. I don't think it'll be a disaster like the Phoenix thing. But I'm not convinced that they're not going to take a free fall down the standings. One guy, we haven't mentioned the name Ben Simmons. Mm. Don't want him leading me either. Well, just, just bringing up the name, though. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, can what he more, do more? Yeah, what more can we expect right now? He has trended up. Can they, mm-hmm. can they give him a dramatic uptick in his usage? You know, more like, you know, carry the load what he had in Philadelphia. I wonder yeah. if we could see something like that because this is going to have to be by committee. You know, it's going to have to be more TJ Warren. It's going to have to be more Seth Curry, more, you know, Ben Simmons and Joe Harris, you know, maybe more, a couple more spot up threes for Wantanabe per game, right? Like it's going to have to be a by committee approach without Kevin Rand over this month plus. You know, Ben Simmons, you know, this is an opportunity for him to totally restore his value and show that he can still carry a heavier load when necessary. And the truth is, they've got better talent than a lot of the teams that have had to deal with this before um they've got players you know i mean those are those are guys that can contribute and guys that can play and so i don't think it'll be like you know like dallas can't win a game when luca doesn't play phoenix is dying on the vine with booker out i don't think it's going to be like that i don't think it's going to be that dreadful because they've got good players but i really don't know um i think they'll probably be able to hold down the fort enough to not free fall. The, the big thing is you just don't want to be in that play yet. And are there, you know, by the time Durant comes back, how many teams have passed them up? And the other thing that sucks is they were playing amazing. Mm. They're playing yeah. like they're the best team in the NBA. And they lose the guy for a month. He was playing like the MVP of the league. And they lose him for a month. And then the other thing is, you know, because of the years, because of the prior injuries, you know, even after the month or however long he's out, do you get that KD? They're going to be cautious for sure, right? Yeah. It's very been it's very interesting with the reporting around it too. They you know they say typically when he's had this injury in the past, it's been six weeks. Yeah. Adrian Wojnarowski has been the one saying it's more like closer to a month. Um, so I wonder, like maybe, will it? Is it actually so minor? You know. We'll just spot on here that it will be a month and he'll be right back to being Kevin Durant that we just saw an MVP candidate prior to this injury. 
Or, you know, will the Nets, you know, will it actually be a month, but the Nets play it cautious that it becomes six or seven weeks? Because that could be the case too. Or maybe it's dependent on how they perform, right? Like it could also be that as well, where if they feel like they need to get him back, Kevin Durant feels he needs to rush back. But if they're still like the four seed, and within striking distance of, you know, the one or the two seed and not like in danger of falling into the play-in, maybe Kevin Durant decides to step back and say, okay, you know, the team's flourishing right now without me. I can come back when I'm truly, genuinely 100% and be part of this playoff run to try to make a finals. All right, well, we got another guy that's going to be coming back, and that is Steph Curry. And this is a great example of a team that was able to hold down the fort until they got the guy back. And so couldn't have gotten any better. I think there's six right now in the Western Conference. So they've actually moved up standings-wise. They're seven right now, tied with six. They're, they're percentage points behind the Clippers. Okay, so they're they're right there. And they were a play-in team, I think, when he went out. Um, and part of that is because other teams have lost. You yeah. know, Six and Utah's, five without them. Six and five. Yeah. And, 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 and Utah has fallen, you know, a free fall. Record wise, yeah, good um, for them. It's great to get back in the Wemby and, <laughs> conversation. It's good. I for don't them. think I, I, I don't. I, maybe there was a moment in the first twenty games where we worried that they might not be. Yeah. Um, but with now with the half of a season left, uh, it certainly appears that that's going to be uh, that's going to be in the cards for the Warriors. Utah. Have done well though, man. Right? Like, yeah, you, they've you, done were, well. you were you were spot on, Chris, when it when that injury happened, saying like other guys are going to step up and like which can happen. And I was dead wrong about it. Well, um, it's just for you know. the greater good. You know, guys then feel like they have to share the ball. Like there, there's not that guy to bail you out, and we're going to see if the Nets can do this, right? But Steph Curry, the luxury of having a guy like that is that you could just throw him the ball and it's like, all right, get us home. And when the other guys, none of which are superstars, then they have this feeling of we have to do it as a collective or it's not going to get done. I need the next guy. And sometimes that can dissipate when you've got the superstar because it's like, uh, Here's what we do. Like this guy's, this guy's gonna take care of business for us. And, well, and because it's defense that really sure led them to these wins. Like their their offense was bottom ten in the league over this stretch. It was not right. good. Like right. their, their defense over the first four or five games or so was bad as well. But over the last seven games, when they've been five and two, they have the number four defensive rating in all of the NBA. Like it's been that effort and intensity and in defense that has helped lead them to these wins. Yeah, you find ways to win that don't encourage Steph Curry. Yeah, you know? exactly. And the other yep. thing is, they're still awesome at home. Like, that's been the case. Like, it doesn't even matter who's playing for them. They're awesome on their home floor. And that has remained. But he's going to come back, and they've done a good job uh, sticking in it and not having some kind of terrible record while he was out. And it's good to see him back because... You know, I talked about this earlier in the year, Kev, about my level of disappointment in guys sitting out. And I don't know what to make of it all. Like, Durant was one of those guys that never sits out. He plays every night. And he gets hurt. A and true then we have pooper. all these other guys sitting out. And it's like, here we are at the midway point of the season. And Curry's coming back. That's good. But 
we've we've lost Zion, we've lost KD, we've lost uh, uh, DeRozan got hurt last night. We've lost Anthony Davis. We've lost Devin Booker. We've I mean, it's every night. Andrew is a part of the game. It's and somebody else has been so many. Yeah, and it's I, unsurprising I though it happens every year, for sure. But it seems like there are stars this year. I mean, we're talking about all-star starters. Probably, probably all-star starters. Yeah. Or guys that I mean, certainly would have been in the mix. Four, four of them that would have been, you know, in the conversation would we just rattled off in the last 10 right. seconds, right? Yes. Enjoy this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers made. There's player props on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And you can pair those with points and rebounds, assists, or you can do the exclusive bets like two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes of the game. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout using same-game parlays. FanDuel is also now live in Ohio, so make sure you get in on the action with great offers just for you now and throughout all of January. So don't miss your chance to get $150 on free bets with promo code MISMATCH. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Connecticut, visit ccpg.org forward slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. And so Steph's coming back. AD is going to try to ramp up, but he's a ways away. What does it matter when you have Thomas Bryant? Thomas Bryant, I love watching that dude just run. Like, oh. like the effort he puts on the floor. The, the first Lakers basket of the game the other night against the Kings, the Kings scored, right? They hit a two-pointer. Yep. And then after a make, Thomas Bryant just sprinted up the floor full speed, got ahead of the entire Kings defense and got a wide open layup. And, and like I thought that one little moment was indicative of who he's been his entire career, but the importance of what he's been bringing to the Lakers right now, like he's not some, you know, defensive stopper, you know, a dominant paint protector like Anthony Davis, but at least he brings effort. And then on offense, the rim running, uh, it's constant. It's nonstop. You need to account for him if you're a defense and get back or else he'll beat you. So, I mean, it's it's been cool to see him doing that in the in transition and the half court, all the attentive cutting and the screening, the hard rolling, the, the um, attacking the boards. He's just doing all the dirty work. Everything we're talking about that you need to do to make up for the loss of a star player, Thomas Bryant's bringing those qualities for the Lakers. And they've been good. You know, they, they lost that game to Denver. LeBron set out, but they had won five in a row, right? Up until Did you that see the game. pass Jokic made in that game? The pass where he it looked Jokic drove underneath the basket and it looked like he was gonna, you know, you know, loop the pass to the left corner three point shooter, 
but instead his arm kind of kept, you know, roping around past one cutter, Michael Porter Jr., then to another cutter, Aaron Gordon. Like Max Christie was inside the paint ready to go close out on the corner three-point shooter. (laughs) Then Gordon just gets a wide-open dunk. It was like quarterback going through his options, you know, looking off defenders, you know, to get an open man. It was like it's a – like you see Jokic make passes like this on an absolute nightly basis, it was probably like his 30th best pass of the season, but it was still unbelievable, still jaw-dropping, still the only guy in basketball who makes plays like that. Did you see he that, is, Chris? He nuts. is unbelievable to watch. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was a beautiful pass. So, look, the, the Lakers have won some games, and so then it starts with the, oh, well, and AD's going to be ramping up, and, you know, Russ has accepted the bench role, and Thomas Bryant's been pretty good. They got to get LeBron some help. And then they've got the headline. LeBron calls out the Lakers, whether that's what happened or not. That's like the headline that goes out everywhere. Okay. About how, you know, basically they don't have a good enough team. And so they need to, you know, who cares about first round draft picks, even if they're in the future, they need to make the moves because windows now got to win now, whatever else. And, that's that's all fine, right? If you want to have that, if, if, if he feels that way, if people feel that way, that LeBron, that they should make win-now moves, even if they do uh, forego some future assets, then so be it. But, and I don't know what you're going to say about this when I say this, I got to tell you, when I see the constant, let me clear, Rob Palenka, I do not think he's done a good job, okay? I don't think he's done a good job. I don't think he's done a good job putting together that roster. And would I trust him to put together a team around LeBron James that, uh, is best suited for him. I think it stands to reason that the answer is probably no. Um, I don't think it's that hard. You just find four shooters, or if you're planning with him and AD, just find three guys that could space out the floor. Like the, I, I don't think it's rocket science to try to figure it out, but they've screwed it up. That being said, this whole turning LeBron James into a victim of this <laughs> circumstance. Makes me want to throw up. Bro, the roster is the roster because of LeBron James. He is not the victim of this. He, they've signed every effing person they, that clutches had. Do you think that, like, they had KCP, they had Montrez, they had Taylor Horton Tucker, they had Ben McLemore, they had Kendrick Nunn, they had Juan Toscano Anderson, they had Lonnie Walker, they had Anthony Davis, they have all of them. Like, they went and literally got the owner of the Wizard to trade them Russell Westbrook because he pressured them into that. Like, this whole, like, they need to get LeBron some guys. Like, they've just done a bad job. Like, act like the roster isn't the roster because of LeBron James. And they just need to keep on getting rid of stuff that they would have in the future. 
because they need to win right now. And he doesn't have good enough players around him. Well, no shit. The reason you don't have good enough players around him is because you convinced the owner of the Wizards to trade Russell Westbrook. You wanted that. The reason you don't have any other future assets and that first-round pick is looked at as gold is because you traded all for Anthony Davis. Like, what are we doing here? Their whole situation is in part because of LeBron. Let's not act like he's just a victim that sits there while the roster builds shit around him. Like, a lot of this shit is guys that are literally part of their agency. There's a reason that they got them. And it's year after year. Those guys are on the roster. So, I mean, do you think Lonnie Walker's there because he's the best fit with LeBron James and with Anthony Davis? Or do you think Lonnie Walker's there because he happens to be represented by the same people? Do you think that Ben McLemore was there and literally couldn't get a job anywhere else in the league because he was a great fit and because he was going to help them win a title or because he was part of them? Do you think they held on to Taylor Horton Tucker instead of moving him when he had some value? Because Taylor Horton Tucker was so great and they really thought it was part of the future or because they didn't want to move him because they were told, hey, don't move this guy. He's part of us and we want to benefit from this ridiculous contract extension that you'll probably stupidly sign him up to. Like, so then when I see the whole like, well, the Lakers really owe it to LeBron to move their first round pick to move it. Like, what are we paying attention to? Let's stop acting like their management and people there have been acting unilaterally this entire time, and he's just some helpless victim to a crap roster. It makes me want to throw up, bro. Truly. Like this martyrdom, he's a victim of this. LeBron pressuring Lakers. Bro, all he's been doing is pressuring them for five years, and look at what their roster looks like now. At what point do you just say, all right, fine, we're not going to. I'm sure he would have them. Who, who could we find that's a clutch client? He'd probably want them to trade their first-round pick and somebody else and somebody else for Keldon Johnson because he's represented by clutch. If they if he could have his bidding. Like, I mean, come on. Let's stop acting like he hadn't had power. They've been doing what he wanted them to do. The roster is the roster because of him not because he hadn't spoken up enough or that they've done goofy crap. They have been, their, their, their problem is that they allowed it to happen. And that was the price of doing business with LeBron James. But he is a terrible general manager. Terrible. Amen. Amen. Wow. Bravo. Wow. Chris Vernon, you that was it. a heater right there. I, I agree with, Every word you said except for one thing. One thing you said right at the beginning. Rob Palenka has done a poor job building this roster. It's LeBron James who has done a poor job building this roster. You nailed it at the end saying the mistake was allowing him to do it. The reason why that they had all of this talent to trade for Anthony Davis, all of this talent to make the Westbrook mistake, was because of the right decisions by the front office. Think about all the young guys that Palenka-led front offices brought in over the years. 
Larry Nance, Josh Hart, your guy, Zubats, Ingram, Ball, Caruso, Kuzma, Thomas Bryant. Like Thomas Bryant was there before. He was a Lakers pick. Like they have throughout the draft, up top, in the middle, in the second round, nailed picks over and over and Mo over again. Wagner. Wagner, he's still playing right now in Orlando <laughs> yeah. getting minutes. Like they've he's had a lot of hits, right? Yeah. So I think for the Lakers right now, everything we're talking about here. Yes, with LeBron James playing still at a top 10 level, Anthony Davis, if he were to theoretically return and be healthy from April, May, and you'd hope June, then yes, it's worth giving up the two first-round draft picks. Yes, it would be. But that's a huge hypothetical there. And if you're the Lakers, in the back of your mind, you have to think to yourself, pass the season. you got to do it. You have to, because you could trade both of those picks, and then LeBron James could still say this offseason, I want to owe. He could still say that. Or you maybe you just decide you're done with clutch and you want to just build this the way you were prior with all of those young guys and build to the draft and build organically inside the next free agent who's not going to control your entire front office. Maybe that's what the Bus family and Rob Palenka are thinking, that they want an out. And the out is retaining their draft picks for a more flexible future moving forward where it could involve LeBron where you use the three picks in the offseason because if two becomes three, your 2023 first from the Pelicans becomes eligible to be dealt during the offseason. So two picks becomes three picks, and you have more cap space. You have a future path with LeBron or without LeBron. And I wonder if that's where the Lakers are approaching this from, that they don't want to you know, lock themselves in right now by making a deal and then having nothing for the future, whereas if they wait until the summer, they have much more flexibility with or without them. I mean, he wanted all of this. If you want to talk about the guys that don't even matter, then we could talk about the guys that don't even matter. But in the end, he wanted Anthony Davis and he wanted Russell Westbrook. AD was the right choice and Russell Westbrook was not. They did not make those moves in spite of LeBron James. He wanted it. He wanted it and now he wants this. So, so you listen those times. Like, what do you think they should be doing? Everything I just said about maintaining flexibility. Do you agree that they should not trade those picks before February, the deadline? Look, I don't really care what they do. But what do you think they should do? I would be, I would be tempted to make the most of this right now with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Again, so look, I am not being hypocritical here. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. I'm saying stop acting like they owe it to LeBron to For do sure. it. Or that LeBron is the victim of they, this. They don't. Oh, they they're don't, just Chris. not. It, he it, they don't owe him nothing they anymore. Don't. I totally agree. They don't. You know? it, it, the Lakers need to do what's best for the Lakers. I might do it. End I, of I story. Would, I, if, look, if I thought, if I thought I could get off the Westbrook contract that I that's would be essential to me. I would not move those. I would not move those first rounders, and not get off the Westbrook deal. Okay, because I don't care. It, it, look, you know, I've 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 been much higher on Westbrook than you have in the past. I kudos to him for filling out this bench roll. It's not the right fit with LeBron James, and so that's not gonna work. And I would get. 
if I could get rid of that contract, then I would get rid of the picks. I would not get rid of those picks and just add somebody else. Because in the but, end, but, I've still got the saying, same thing going. But you're saying if you can get rid of the contract, but you also need to be getting the appropriate players back. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying that that's part of me. That's the, And again, you're now, I would have to get players back that I think could help me. Okay? Even if there was just a bunch of role players, I'm fine with that. I, I can't just attach first rounders to get off the Westbrook thing. I need to get guys back. But even if I get a group of role players back, I would do it. Um, and so I don't like, I can't just be using those first round picks. He is expiring, Chris, though. Like, the, like the, if you keep the pick, you maintain that space. That that's that's the other lane here. Where if you if you let him expire this offseason, then you I can get it, but sign I mean, do you players think, and you have your picks to make deals. I get it, but what are the chances that like what would you look at as a title window? What if you can resign? What if you keep Russ and you can resign him for like ten million, fifteen million? He's not a good basketball fit. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just offering, I, I would not keep him. I, I, no. I'm just offering that thought. He's just not a good basketball fit. Not even for but 10 million? And you like Russ and you don't feel yeah. that way. No, he's not a good basketball I'm su- I'm fit. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you feel that way. Well, uh, you think I want LeBron, you know, backing down somebody and kicking out to him to shoot a three? No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, the spacing is horrendous. Yeah. When you think about it during the playoffs, and the team being able to game plan it. Oh, they, the, they, look, they, they, they've been doing that for years. This is the sagging problem. off of him. Yeah, and they, well, and this is the problem. He's one of your best players on that team. He's clearly one of your best players. So when you get to the playoffs, you're playing him. You're not playing other guys instead of him. Even the the Lakers back in the bubble when Russ was on Houston, they didn't respect his shot behind the arc. Right. It, it, it's, it's almost mind-blowing that LeBron James wanted Russell Westbrook. Like you like look what your defense did to him in the postseason a couple of years ago. And you think about that team. Rondo, Caruso, oh, Danny yeah. Green, you know, like oh, even like a le- Markeith Morris type. There were lessons there in terms yeah. of like you ain't, you ain't gotta do all that much around them. Kuzma, KCP, mm-hmm. like these are the kind of role players that you need. Like, they literally won a title and then looked around and said, this isn't the way you have a title team with LeBron and AD. We need a bunch of guys that can't shoot. Which speaks to what you're talking about. About like they, It's not like they needed to land some superstar with those picks. They, they need the correct pieces around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They which, could still have... They could still have all those guys they can still have KCP yeah. and Kuzma Caruso. and Caruso yep. and Danny Green. I mean, they can still have all them. It's, it's crazy. A t- it's a tough situation. It, it really is a tough situation for the Lakers because I'm with you, Chris. They don't owe LeBron anything to make a deal, like despite his greatness and all that, whatever. They're a game and a half back from the sixth seed right now, a guaranteed playoff spot. They are in striking distance, but despite their horrific start to the season, despite Anthony Davis being out, despite guys missing time, they're still in it. And I think if you're the Lakers, 
if you're a, if you're a Lakers fan, you watch this team right now, and it feels like a team that's starting to figure a lot of things out. They're finding some of those role players that you're talking about. Like we opened this conversation talking about Thomas Bryant with his effort hustling yeah. up and down the floor. It's not just him either. Schroeder's back providing yep. playmaking, important playmaking for that team. Guys like Toscano Anderson, you know, bringing some energy and versatile defense. Kendrick Duncan was pretty good the other night coming off the bench. Like, they have some guys that are contributing off the bench. It's just they're missing, like, that middle tier. Like, the Miles Turner Buddy Heel trade that they could have mm-hmm. made or really pursued harder. Or had they landed Boyan Bogdanovich from Utah at the time before they dealt him to Detroit, or if they could get him again. It's guys like that that they're missing, but they have some of the back-end bench pieces already. And I would not criticize them if they moved their picks and and got the return now because I'd look around and say, we could win the West. If I'm them, if I'm oh, them, yeah. I would it, go, it, if, it, I, if I've got could. healthy, they could. I've got healthy LeBron and I've got healthy AD, we could win the West. I can't win the West with what I've got right now. So I'd need to make a move. And I just don't think I'm going to have that many more years where I could count on. If I say, hey, I think these guys are actually going to be able to be healthy, at least I'll book on it. You know, here's a chance that we could take a run at the title. Uh, Then, again, I would use those picks to improve my team. I just, I I got so disenchanted listening to people talk about how they, you know, you know, he's publicly pressuring them into doing this, you know, well, wh- oh, yeah. when are you going to, when are you, when are you, Hey, when are you going to get me some help? Like, bro, yeah. are you serious? Well, I mean, I, I think, <laughs> like, are, I, like, are you serious? Well, apparently the, like, you know, I, well, I thought Windhorse wrote a really good article today. It was like a very measured piece. He, he put on ESPN about all of the first round draft picks that his past teams have traded and the players that were drafted with those picks. And this speaks to, you know, a lot of the conversations we have about the value of picks and, you know, giving them up for star players. I'm just going to rattle off those names really quick. So teams have traded their picks 13 times and moved 17 total first-rounders. LeBron James-led teams. And, like, you know the names that they've acquired. Chris Bosh, Kevin Love, AD, Jamison, Mozgov, Korver, Channing Fry, Russell Westbrook, the mistake at the end there. But those, like, they've won titles because of those guys. The players they've drafted from recent to way back in 05. Dyson Daniels, Isaiah Jackson, Jaden McDaniels, DeAndre Hunter, Caleb Swanigan, Harry Giles, Cork Maz, Timothy Lualu, Labassier, Tyus Jones, Andrew Wiggins, Nedovich, Moultrie, Valanchunas, Lazar Hayward, Rudy Fernandez, Sean May. It's like, were any of those guys, you know, that were selected gonna help win them a title maybe you know a handful of them you know Wiggins if he had developed in a different situation I'd like to have Hunter Valanchunas right exactly you know maybe Dyson Daniels if they had been able to you know utilize him this season theoretically but then you don't have Anthony Davis right Mm -hmm. so I think or maybe it's guys that were drafted behind them that the Lakers instead of would have selected or the Cavs would have or the Heat would have but maybe not maybe the pick would have been worse but I do think that speaks to the urgency that teams have always felt and should continue to feel when you do have LeBron James on your team. He he made the mistake pushing for Russell Westbrook, but now it is on the Lakers front office and Palenka to get it right. And in fairness, it just so happens those are a bunch of 
bad draft picks that you listed off. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's a did, lot but, of misses. If those are but hits. Chris, Chris, we did talk earlier, though, about the players the Lakers have drafted before LeBron and while LeBron's been there. The players have signed Caruso, the late picks, you know, the Larry Nances of the world. They've had a lot of hits throughout the draft. So if you're the Lakers front office, you need to be thinking about the path with LeBron where you keep those picks or without LeBron if you need those picks. Yep. Like, that's what they have to be thinking about. They, they, like, it's got to be on their mind because he could ask out this summer. Clutch could, Clutch could say, we're dumping the Lakers. Trade me to Golden State. Trade he me is to not Phoenix. Leaving there. Trade me to New York. He's not leaving there. Why did he sign the extension? He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He wants to be there. He doesn't want to be there. He loves LA. He wants to be there. Yeah, I don't think he wants to go He wants to be there. He just wants it his way. Exactly my point. If he doesn't get his way, then he could say, I want to go somewhere else. David Griffin tried to tell everybody. Hey, David Griffin tried to tell everybody what a thankless job it is. Oh, yeah. He said it. If you don't win, you suck. Yep. Right? But if you do the bidding, you might end up with a nothing <laughs> roster and no future. Yep. That's the truth. Though the Cavs have done a hell of a job rebuilding back post the Yes. They've done yes. an incredible job. Kobe yeah. Altman, that entire front office, like, oh my God. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. As of right now, now again, this is before any moves could possibly be made, okay? We are right at the midway point of the season. Tell me if you agree with this. I think there's six teams in either conference that could win the conference. So okay? six each or six total yes. in the entire so each. six each. Okay. So twelve each, teams I would, total. I'd say six in each. Yeah, I'd say one of these I'd say six of these teams have a chance at winning the conference. And okay. anybody else I would be surprised. Right. Tell me if you agree. Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Miami. I'm you a little more. I'm, I'm a little bit more skeptical on Miami, but I think you know okay. the conversation we had weeks back about the playoff mode 
Miami Heat, that's a different type of team than regular season Miami Heat. Well, and Bam's got a wrist thing, and yep. obviously, but they can. They're they've also been pretty aggressive, and I think they know their windows now. Well, and Tyler Hero, you know, subtly has been awesome. Much he's been he's been better this season. Like his, you look at his pick and roll numbers; it's way up. Way like up, six man of the year last year. Yeah, right? way up. Like it's a hero. Hero has been really good. Okay, but you would say then, so you would be surprised uh, if I, it's Miami. I, I, I would be so. I'd be surprised, but I'm willing to keep them there. Okay, I'm willing to. And that's where the list ends. Yep, I think that Nobody is so else. in the Western Conference too. Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Dallas. Oh, it's so good to hear New Orleans on that list. Feels nice. Golden State and the Clippers. So who did you, did you who did, who'd you leave off I, here? I, uh, Sacramento ain't winning the... Okay. Did yeah. you say Phoenix? I did not. Okay. So Phoenix is the team off your list. And, and well, before we get to Phoenix, what's the argument for the Clippers? Can you trust this team with guys, you know, Kawhi and Paul George in and out of the lineup? Or is it the same case no. that Miami has where it's like, well, you're just assuming at that point those no. guys are playing night in, night out? The argument is talent, coach, pedigree. Like, they went to the West Finals without Kawhi. Yeah. It did happen. Yep. That happened. So, I have to at least, yeah, they, I can't say, well, yeah, they don't have a good enough roster. Like, I didn't think they had a good enough, I didn't think that was a good enough roster. (laughs) And they got there. I do think Ty Lue's very good. You know, Paul George, one of the best, 10 to 20 players in the NBA still. Um, if Kawhi's back, I mean, that's that again, if they won the West, if it all came together and they won the West, that would not be the most shocking thing to me. Simply because those guys, you got a lot of all-star appearances still between those two. And they would have to be healthy. Um That's a big question, though, Chris. Like them being healthy. I got it. I That's a it. huge question. All right, so you team. throw them out. I don't trust them. See, I don't trust Phoenix. Even I don't if trust they Phoenix get either. Back, yeah. I don't. I don't either, Chris. I don't like it. I don't like the. I don't like the vibe. I don't like the eight and stuff. I just don't. The Chris Paul like turned it to a pumpkin. We and we talked about it. What was it last Friday about yeah. like how like like the issue with their team is you know you build around CP and. Devin Booker as your yep. initiators. They have no, they like nobody else can can run the offense. No, like so few guys. Like you, you watch other teams and you watch Denver when Jokic kicks it out. Almost everybody on that team can handle, make another pass. The Suns don't have those connected pieces in the same way that the other best teams in the NBA do. And Aiton, I mean, like what a disappointment the way he's fallen off on defense. He's not the same guy right now. His effort's not the same. Like that that's a big time concern considering how pivotal he's been to their success in the past on defense. I I just I I think the Suns are out of the picture right now without a big trade. They they if they if they intend on actually contending, they need to use some of those future picks now. Do you think so all right, so you would say in the absence of them doing something serious, you would not consider them a a, a West Finals team the, or a team the, that could that could be there. The bright now Suns era has passed. Yeah. So right now, uh, if you look at the odds, and you didn't say the Lakers either, did you? I, I because I because hold on, I said 
as Today. currently constructed. Okay, as currently constructed, and, and that's that's very fair. And 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 look, it's fair if somebody calls me out on what you said. If Miami, they could be aggressive. Like I think Miami could probably do it as they're currently constructed. It's possible if they won two series and ended up in the East Finals. I think I think I, if I if I were doing my own list, I'd knock off the Clippers and the Heat. Okay, so it'd be ten I mean, Miami, total teams. If Jimmy Butler makes a shot last year, and they didn't mm-hmm. even have Hero, they beat the Celtics. And he was open. Yeah, he was open. That was a hell of a game. It was a great <laughs> game. Like I think that they're a bitch to eliminate. I think yeah, Boston they are. found that I out mean, last year. Playoff Jimmy Butler's a different guy. If you that, look, that, that's the one big thing with them. He's a different type of player that you need to analyze. If you look at odds that are posted on sportsbooks in Vegas, who do you think's favored to win the West right now? If I went and bet on it. Uh, Denver? I don't know. It's actually Golden State. Oh, Golden State still? Okay. Golden State, then Denver, then Memphis, then the Clippers. Mm. And then the Pelicans. Oh. After the Clippers, who you just eliminated. Oh, that's nice. And then the Suns. <laughs> and once you get to the Suns, I mean, you're talking plus a thousand on a return. So, like, you put down a hundred bucks, you win a thousand. Oh, on like if, a Dallas type. No, if the Phoenix, if Phoenix won the West, if you bet a hundred dollars today and Phoenix ends up winning the West, you'd win a thousand bucks. So, I mean, they're they they moved down on that list significantly, certainly since the beginning of the season. Uh, I just pulled open on FanDuel. I see the Lakers are plus 3,300 on FanDuel Sportsbook. To win the West? To win the West, yeah. Wow. And that, that's, that's a, those are pretty good odds, right? Well, and in the East, those six that I named off, those actually are, those are all the six. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miami with last. And then the next one is actually on my list, Toronto? What the hell? And man, it's a massive drop off. Kind of surprised that Atlanta or New York or the Bulls, frankly, are not the Bulls. In that same they're not. Mix they're not. And again, none of those teams are winning the East. <laughs> I get it, right? They should all be a billion to sure, one. Might as well just throw your money on the street. Yeah, burn right. it. yeah, they should all be a billion to one <laughs> at this point right now. But I think there's six teams in either. Um, regarding the. MVP right now as we get to the midway point of the season? Let me just ask you before I tell you on the odd stuff. Who would you vote today? Jokic. He is second on the list I'm looking at. Luka right now is the favorite. I think it, ma- I think it makes sense to have Luka be the betting favorite because of uh, the factor of voter fatigue. That could become a thing. It should not become a thing. I don't think voters should at all consider what they've done in the past or who's won in the past. I don't think that's relevant to the 2022-23 season. Luka Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Durant, Embiid. Obviously, Durant's number will go down significantly. Uh, And then Donovan Mitchell, John Morant are both listed after them. Uh, probably the best value would be Embiid, right? Uh, plus, you know, around 16, 15, 1600, because if they, if they had an unbelievable last 41 games of the season 
Embiid has some crazy stats. Like, you could see that. If they had the best record or the second best record, Brooklyn's going to fall back. How about and LeBron so, James at plus 11,000? What if the Lakers rise up to like the five or six seed in the West? And, and like, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, remember the Marcus Smart campaign late last year mm. for Defensive Player of the Year? What's the LeBron James media-driven <laughs> campaign <laughs> look like? It, that, it'd be that on overdrive. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, plus 11,000? Mm. You're right. If they moved, like, way yeah. high and his numbers are crazy in year yep. 58 or whatever it is for him. Because I do worry and, about... And he breaks Kareem's record. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. You're right. Yep. Uh, you're probably right in terms of a long shot. If you're looking mm-hmm. at a long shot. Yeah. The, the rookie of the year is the bloodbath of all bloodbaths. You got to lay over $1,000 on Paolo Bancara to get a th- 100 back. Oh, so yeah. That, that's it's, an easy one. It's, it's him and Matherin. And that's it. Matherin, you can get a lot of value on it because he's plus like 750 or plus 1,000, depending on where you looked. Yeah, if Paolo were to miss time. If he missed time. Yeah. Then he's kind of the next guy in line. Um, we got we to gotta write with those two before the season. I mean, Paolo was an easy one, but Matherin we talked about is yep. the next guy. That's right. Uh, defensive player of the year, it's minus it's minus for Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. Is that right? Should it be minus? Yes. I mean, but should it be? Yes. Do you, do you think he should be that much of the favorite? Yes. I don't think it's even close. They were they were last in the NBA in defense. Do you know what they are today? They're he plays, number one. He plays 26 minutes per game. They're number one. He plays 26 minutes per game. They're number one in the NBA. Go look at their numbers. Yeah, I know. I know. With him on the plays, floor. He plays like 26 minutes per game. With the best defense in the NBA for 26 yeah, but, minutes. But, okay, but the, how, the, how the many minutes does, how many, how many books do, all right, let's talk about the other guys. How many does Brooke Lopez play? 30.3. Okay. How many does Nick Claxton play? 28.3. Okay, so you think three and a half more minutes that are wildly less effective. Bam Adebayo, 35.2. Yeah. So you think that those minutes that Giannis, are wildly less effective. 33.7. Just rattling off some of the next names. So you you want to hold no, minutes? No, I'm not. I'm not saying Jaren, I'm not saying Jaren Jack OG and Anobi thirty seven point one. Like I'm just. Ra- I'm not, not saying you can't. Should, T- Toronto guys don't apply. Nick I, Nurse I, is I gonna. Know. Nurse Listen, is the new Thibodeau, and Chris, no one talks about Chris, it. Chris, I'm not saying that Jaren Jackson shouldn't be in the conversation. I'm just surprised that he's minus one thirty. Like that heavy of a favorite. That's that's all I'm surprised by. I mean, I got the best record in the NBA and they're uh, the number one defense. I know. I'm just I'm just surprised he's that much of a favorite. All right. Who should it be? I'm not I'm not saying it shouldn't be Jaron Jackson, but I'm just one I'm surprised that he's minus one thirty. That's all I'm expressing. It's yeah, just next, surprising to me. The next guy is Brooke Lopez. Yeah, he's been amazing. I'm just surprised Jaron Jackson's been that much of a favorite. That's all. I thought he'd be more like plus two hundred, plus one hundred, not minus one thirty. Six man of the year. <laughs> Do you want to know who the favorite is for six man of the year? Yeah, who, who, who's the favorite? Russell Westbrook. That's, that's <laughs> silly. Then Poole, who has not been good this year. Yeah, I know. I wonder, I wonder who will end up actually winning this. And then Brogdon. And then Matherin. And then Powell. And then 
Bobby Portis. I think I, I think Bobby Portis is the one I like the most. Yeah, but Bobby Portis hasn't been as good either. I know. Productive. Russell Westbrook. Kind of a six week. Of year. It's kind of a weak class yeah. right now. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Not not great. Not great. And most improved might be the best of the list at the midway point. How about like Devin Vassell? No, it's Gilgis Alexander. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying oh. for six, man. I'm just still thinking oh. aloud about like Keegan Murray. I don't know. I mean, Devin Vassell's not even going to play anymore. Yeah, I know. But like, as of today, you know? Yeah. Most improved, Gilgis Alexander, Markinen, Halliburton, Simons. And then you get down to like Kevin Porter Jr. or whatever. But, I mean... Gilgis Alexander, Markin, and Halliburton Simons, pretty unbelievable, especially yeah. those top three. I think that's actually going to be a war to see who who people vote for. I mean, Gilgis Alexander, it's a hard one because he's already awesome, but he has taken that leap to like massive stardom. Clearly, he was what fourth in voting for guards should, in the West. It should Conference. be Lowry Markin. It should be Lowry. Shea was Shea. Like it's just people started watching this year, but he's been good for two years. I saw Markin in person uh, a couple nights ago, Sunday. I saw him in person on Sunday. And uh, I tell you, is that Will Hardy? Like, you watch them and they lost to Memphis, but they, they played really well. They shot, I think, over 50% from the field in the game that I went to. And they play, like, quote, the right way. I mean, they pop the ball around there. They got high assist numbers. They get good shots. Markkanen, who had been on fire coming in, didn't have his best game. But I was pretty impressed just getting to see him in person. He's really filled out, you know, in a way that I don't think came through to me as much on television as it did in person. And I think people kind of think of him as like kind of a more perimeter-oriented, soft, Type, you know what I mean? He ain't soft at he, all. He yams it on people. No, nah, he ain't soft. They, he goes. And uh, and I think that, that that's just a – they're a really well-coached basketball team. They really are. You watch them. I always – when I go to these games, I'm always thinking to myself, like, all right, what are they trying to do offensively, defensively? I mean, I saw San Antonio uh, to that point last night, and same kind of deal. I think they had, like, 28 or 30 assists. You know, they run all the stuff. It's like they play good basketball. They're just, they don't have any good players or not enough good players in order to win. But like, you can tell like they're, they're doing what a, what a good, well-coached team would do. If you ever put the talent in there, as it stands to reason, coached by Greg Popovich and coached by Will Hardy. Um, I do like Tyus Jones, little brother. I do like him. Trey Jones. Yeah. Hey, they I have think, some talent. Uh, yeah. They have some nice talent. Yeah. And Sohan, you know, he's green, but you know, he could turn into something. A lot, a lot to like there. No. Yeah. And the Utah thing, um, Markin has just been otherworldly for them. This he year. he should, without question, be the favorite for most improved yeah. player. Like, it's just I mean, over 82 but, games. They haven't think. They yeah. And, 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 I, and I love SGA. It's just like OKC fans, no, he's been. Great the last two years. Like yes. the main thing that's changed is, is an uptick in touches and more shots, more drives. 
but like skill wise, I mean, like he's you know there's been some marginal improvements, but he's been great for two years. Yeah, that that it's, that award is usually goofy. It is. It, it should be marketing. It went to, like, it went to Morant. It went to Morant last year. I mean, which is it's whatever. weird how the how that awards uh, you know I don't know. It's weird how like voters have changed the way they look at it. Like it used to go to like role player, you know, end of bench player to role player, and now it goes to you know good young player to great young player. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Uh, I in the past have argued for like Luca to be you know a favorite for most approved player. I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I just think it's just weird the way the voter the voter approach has changed so much over the years for that. Look. They gave it to John Morant last year. After the spring prior, he scored like 50 points in a playoff game. (laughs) And then he came back the next year and like, hey, you know who's improved the most? John Morant. Like, what? Did y'all not even watch? The guy almost scored 50 points in a playoff game. How can you improve that much? (laughs) <laughs> what do you? What, what was the improvement? I know he, he look. He clearly got better, but give me a break. They usually do, and so that's kind of more like the Gilders Alexander mode. Uh, but I agree with you on the marketing thing. Um, look, Who did I vote for last the- year for most improved? I voted for last year. I just pulled it up. I voted for Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, Dejounte Murray, and I and I know. Grizzlies fans got mad at me for not. It's funny. They didn't get mad at me for not voting for John Morant. They got mad at me for not Desmond having Bain. Desmond Bain. But I've lo- I I liked Desmond Bain the year prior. I like I thought Bain was really good the year prior. So mm-hmm. uh, it's such a tough award. But I think this year is pretty obvious. It's Lowry Marketing. and that's again Halliburton. Awesome. He was great last season after Indiana got him, and SGA has been great for two years now. Just even better now. Excited for the rest of this season as we're kind of at the midway point. Thank you to our producer, Jesse Lopez. As always, Kevin, I'll talk to you on Friday. Looking forward to it. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.